Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Hello, I am Jamie Brickhouse. Welcome to the Sober Podcast uh, brought to you by the Sober Network, aka Soberverse. And I am so thrilled to be talking to our guest today, Joshua Saunders. And uh, he is in uh, Texas, where uh, I am from, where I grew up. And thank you, Joshua, for being on the show today to ex- share your experience, strength, and hope. How you doing? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm doing really good. I'm grateful. Every day I'm grateful. <clears throat> That's great. Uh, just work, work, work. Start off. Go ahead. Yeah, what do you do for work? Uh, I am a licensed electrician. Uh-huh. Uh, also what I do for work, I install home standby generators plus do solar and battery backup for residential homes. Oh, cool. And I also do service work and, and, uh, warranty work on all that stuff. So I'm certified in all three areas of that stuff. It's, it's a really good job. It's good money. Great. Great. Well, I'm glad you're, you're busy. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about what brought you to recovery? Well, let me go inside for a second, so because it's going to start raining. Um, what brought me into recovery? Well, uh, of course, twenty plus years I struggled with drug addiction. I tried, I never could really do it. What got me into recovery is uh, February seventeenth of two thousand nineteen. I was facing five years state jail for two drug possessions, and yeah. I signed for it. They let me out and said, I said, okay, we'll see you next month. The next month I ended up going in there to turn myself in and I got a different judge. And he said, I think you're worth it. 
And he goes, I'm going to send you to rehab instead. And that's how I got into recovery. And I've been, I've been in recovery since then. Wow. What a gift that, um, you know, I always love, um, in people's stories when, um, they have that moment of, of grace, uh, I mean, of grace of, you know, a God moment or a providence, you know, when it could go the other way, you know, towards, towards more addiction or towards down the drain. And it, it sounds like you had that moment with the, um, with the judge giving you that, um, sending you to, um, to rehab instead of jail. Yes, sir. That's the, be- I'd, I'd like to say that's the best thing that, that, Never happened to me. That was my my answer from God, I believe. Well, and how long um, did you uh, were you in rehab? Um, it was a uh, state funded rehab, <clears throat> so my stay was supposed to be five to seven months. Well, it's behavior based. My yeah. stay was eleven months. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was one of those wild ones. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I I I don't regret it because that being in there that long it took me that long to be able to think okay well it it took to teach me the skills and and practice the the things that i need to to where it could keep me from putting myself in bad situations again Mm -hmm. and reminding myself okay if i do this i've done that in the past that's going to get me in trouble do i want to go through that again it's like i get that split second like nope this ain't for me So, yeah, you know, I, uh, I also went to, to rehab and, you know, and, and I thought it was just going to be like the standard 28 days and, and, um, and they wanted to do, uh, the suggestion was 90. Um, and I was like, 90, three months. Oh, come on. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. And, uh, and I went for 60, so I didn't go the whole 90 and, um, and I'm glad I went and I needed that, you know, cause I needed the, it took it. I, I don't know how people do it on with just 28 days because, um, I needed at least, it was like two weeks for me before I like got used to the idea over the shell shock, you know, that, that I was where I was, um, and needed to be there. So, so good. I mean, so I, I, you know, I would love to have stayed there actually now that I think about it, 90 days, um, at least, um, so I'm I'm kind of jealous of people mm-hmm. like you who who have long stints um, because for me it didn't you know I didn't relapse immediately <laughs> but I did relapse um, after that and it took took a couple of years for me to to uh, to finally get the program so um, I always say is if you've got if you have the opportunity to be in a uh, rehabilitation program stay there as long as you can how. Um, so you say you uh, you had struggled with um, meth and heroin and alcohol addiction for 20 plus years. Um, and you've been sober since 2019, I believe you, uh, your bio yes, says. Yeah. Yes, um, how and, and I guess you've you know, you certainly you know, had to work over those years. Um, how has. Um, how has since you've been sober, um, how has it been to to work without. Uh, to keep a job and to, and to work without, you know, without being high or, or drunk or any of those things? Well, um, I guess since I stayed in rehab that 11 months, mm-hmm. that kind of, that really helped me out a lot because I didn't really have any cravings or anything, but as soon as I got back out into society, everything just kind of hit me all at once. So the Ooh. first month was a real struggle, but yeah. I went ahead and, uh, cause I'm on probation, 
my probation wanted me to go back to my home county. Right. And I'm like, well, I've been sober this long. Why don't I just do this 90 for 90? And I figured, okay, I'll just do 90 days and then go back home. And I got more comfortable with where I was at. And I'm like, maybe I should just stay here. And it, it got easier and easier and easier. The longer I stayed a year, a little over a year in a, in a sober home. Mm -hmm. That's how uncomfortable I was with going out on my own. And I, I knew that if I would went, go back out on my own without that structure, I would eventually relapse, especially if I went back home. Yeah. So yeah. I, I stayed, I stayed, I stayed up here in North Texas away from my home and that's it's it gets easier and easier i mean i still have times where as with all of us where i struggle but it's probably nowhere near as bad as it would be if i would be back in my home county yeah yeah um and what what do you do to um to stay sober today well uh i god bless i i am in a wonderful relationship with a beautiful woman She's a normal person, but when I have my struggles, we sit and talk about it right then and there. Uh, I tell her my my thoughts, feelings, and pay attention to how I feel about what's going on inside me, and we discuss it. I also call my sponsor. He's got 22 years sober, um, and I usually hit a meeting, or I'll, I'll call one of my sponsees and say, hey, look, uh, I'm having a hard time right now. Let's go, let's go grab something to eat mm -hmm. if they're available. So that's how I, that's how I stay. I stay from struggling too much, but that's how I handle it. Yeah. 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 yeah I found, um, uh, meetings for sure. And also, like you said, um, sounds like you're, you're enthusiastic about fellowship, you know, like you said, you know, going out with someone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember I resisted that, like, uh, when I first um, started getting sober, I resisted the fellowship afterwards. I was like, you know, I've got friends. I don't want to hang, you know, I, the meetings are enough. And, you know, and um, and I regret that. Um, you know, I don't regret it, actually. It just was my journey. But um, I'm certainly not that way now. And, um, and you know, most of my friends are in recovery, you know, uh, the, the longer, just like you were saying, earlier that the, the longer you were in that uh, rehab facility and in the program, the easier it got. And and now the longer you're away from home, the easier it's getting. Well, just likewise, the longer you're sober, I found that just more people, um, most of my friends are, are also sober because those are the people I'm hanging out with. So that may be, maybe part of your story too. Um, we're going to take a quick, little commercial break uh but everybody stay tuned and we will be back in a few seconds with joshua saunders the sober podcast is giving a voice to recovery and is now part of the Soberverse. join our new virtual sober environment where you can connect with other people like yourself or find helpful resources on the following digital spaces Soberverse.com, SoberNetwork.com, Sober.com, SoberSystems.com, SoberPodcast.com, SoberCoin.com, and RecoveryCoaches.com. And we are back with Joshua. So listen, Joshua, tell me what is has been the um, most difficult thing you've got you've had to get through in sobriety, and how did you get through it? Oh boy. Um, 
Well, I've lost a, a bunch of, of good people that I know. Yeah. Also, there's people that I used to run around with that have passed away. Mm. Um, uh, a man that I considered my stepfather, he was in my life for, well, excuse me, well over 20 plus years. He passed away. And that that situation there, that one was really difficult for me because the weekend that he passed away, um, I was down visiting my family and I was driving right past his house and I was telling my dad, hey, maybe we should stop in and see how he's doing. And we're both like, oh, I'm like, no, well, we got to get stuff. We got stuff we got to keep going, get doing and get done. And I'll just go see him next weekend. Yeah. And then I, I found out that Wednesday that he had passed away that same day that we drove by his house. Oh. And so that was really, really difficult for me to process. Um, but. I, I I did handle it pretty good. I haven't cried at all, uh, but I did call my sponsor, of course. Yeah. And my 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 girlfriend explained to me, and so did my sponsor, and they they both said that you know what, it's probably a good thing that you didn't stop by there because you would have been the one that probably found him dead, and emotionally that probably would have took more of a toll on you than what than how you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. So that that really helped me get through it, uh, and then I lost my grand my not my grandpa my uncle, he passed away as a matter of fact exactly a year ago. <clears throat> um, he he taught me mechanic work most of my life. Yeah, I worked for him. Really, really good man, and that was really difficult to process too. But as with like you're supposed to when you reach when you're having a hard time, you don't hold it in. You don't ignore the emotions and you, you, you muster through them and you, and you call your sponsor or your support team. And that's, that's exactly what I did. And it helped out a lot. Yep. That's uh, that to me is a prescription for getting through anything. I mean, for and sober that is. And um, yeah, death is, death is tough. And I, I was, I got through the deaths of both of my parents. Um, and I'm so grateful, you know, that I wasn't still an active uh, alcoholic and drug addict when either of them died, you know, because I was totally, you know, as hard as it was, I was, you're, I was totally present there for that, for, for, for their deaths and the funeral and, you know, and, and everything and all the emotions around it as painful as they were. But I remember there was, when my mother died, I was, uh, my, got into a fight with my brother and it, and I just, and I really wanted to drink, but I didn't. And I did what you said, you know, I called, um, I called my sponsor, I called some sober network. Um, I went to a meeting, you know, uh, locally in town and, um, and I didn't drink, you know, so those are, uh, good for you. And that that's, um, excellent advice for anyone in, in recovery, I think, um, to do exactly what you're doing to, to get through those difficult moments. Um, do you have any, um, any family members who are um, uh, in recovery as well? Um, the only one that I have is my sister. Uh, me and her out of our whole family on my dad's side are the only ones that are addicts. Or I'm the addict and alcoholic because yeah. I did both. My sister, as a matter of fact, the, in a couple of months, she will have 18 years clean. Uh, she is younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's, she's kind of like my inspiration, but she doesn't go to meetings. She's one of those people that she doesn't share her story. 
she keeps it to herself. Yeah. It works for her. So I can't, I can't judge her. I can't judge anybody by any means, but I support her 100% and she, she supports me 100%. So that's really helpful. But the yeah. rest of my family, there's like a couple of them, but they're still out there in their addiction and you just, they'll, they'll, they'll get there when they get there. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I like what you said about um, uh, about your sister's um, sobriety and recovery, and you know her path it, to recovery and is different than yours. And I feel the same way. I, you know, if I if I you know see someone in a in a in a meeting or or another friend who I don't necessarily agree with the way they're. Um, uh, getting sober or being sober. Um, but I've long since, you know, let go of, of, of trying to, um, judge someone else's recovery or sobriety. Cause I, I feel exactly like you, like if the end result is you're sober and, and you're happy and you're living a productive life, then if that works, keep doing it. Yes, sir. <clears throat> is there, um, uh, any um particular um spiritual program um is is that part of your sobriety at all uh meditation or or prayer or anything like that uh e i don't pray as much as i should especially especially not for me yeah uh, there are times when i'm having a when my mind goes, it kind of does goes AWOL, I like to call it. Mm -hmm. I'm here, but I'm not here. And I'm like just having that. a And so I'll stop and I'll, and I'll close my eyes for a second and I'll be like, all right, please, dear Lord, help me get through this. Guide me. I know I can do this. Just focus. And usually that that helps out or when I'm driving down the road because I do a lot of driving for work. Yeah. Uh, and I'm already future catastrophizing the job that I'm not even at yet. Right. Because because it, it, it's servicing or trying to f diagnose what a problem is on a generator. And I'm like, oh, God, it's going to be this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I, I breathe and I just shut the music off and I just look at the, the road and look at the trees when I'm going by. And I just try and keep myself calm and like just tell myself, OK, it's going to be OK. You, you know what you're doing. Don't let that demon inside your head tell you you can't do it. And so that that's that helps. And I do believe in God, yes, because if it wasn't for God, I definitely would not be where I am right now. I'd yeah. be I'd be dead. That's that's one hundred percent truth there. Great. Well, um, I love uh all that you have shared with us today and I like your um how you get through things. I think that's that's the biggest takeaway um in talking to you is you know how you get through difficult moments how you get through those moments of doubt and fear like you just described you know catastrophizing before you uh because i totally do that too um you know i i create i manufacture drama you know before when there's nothing there um are there or before an event has even even happened and I, I take the negative route this isn't going to work out it's going to be terrible they're going to hate me they're, they're not going to like this it's I, it's, it's going to fail and, um, you know, and I just, uh, I like what you said, um, about kind of pulling over, whether you do that literally or, or metaphorically and, you know, and just stopping and telling yourself to get rid of that, the doubt demon, um, and, and push on through. So, 
Love it. Um, anything else you want to share with us um, before we before we sign off? Uh, if there's anybody out there that's struggling mm-hmm. uh, at this time, um, what what I do for myself when I have when I have times and this this it really helps me out through every single day. I keep this thought in my head. If it's out of my control, it deserves freedom from my mind. Oh, I love and that. Yes, that that is my. Uh, when I heard that in rehab, I'm like, wow, what a concept. Now, but it was difficult to get to where you could almost harness it mm-hmm. and put it into play. But I guarantee you, if you can, if you can practice that in everyday life through every situation, you will be free of a lot of drama and a lot of stress. That is a great and, way to end this. But uh, say it before before we close out. Say the say it again. If it's out of your control, it deserves freedom from your mind. That is brilliant. I love it. And I'm going to use it. I'm going to start using it tonight Um, because there are a few (laughs) things going on that I I, I need that mantra in my head. So thank you so much, uh, Joshua Saunders, for joining us today and sharing with our Sober Podcast listeners your experience, strength, and hope. And um is there any way that if anyone wants to uh, reach out to you uh any way they should do that are you on uh, any uh, social yeah, media yeah. or anything like that oh i'm i'm in like 35 uh recovery groups uh but if they want to reach out to me they can look out for me at sober tribe vibes uh or even the Soberverse community uh or you can look up my name joshua saunders my it'll say the city it'll be cedar park texas and my front picture will say uh, recovery month on it. Uh, if you need to message me, message me if you're struggling, I will definitely reach back out to you. I don't care what time it is. If I don't get to you right away, I will get to you. And that's a promise. Fabulous. Thank you again for being on. I am Jamie Brickhouse, your sober podcast host. And I am author of the recovery memoir, Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex, and my mother. It's an ebook read by me, and uh, I mean, uh, an audiobook read by me and an ebook. You can find it on Amazon. And thank you all for joining us. And we'll be back next week with another sober guest. Sayonara. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.